This is Arthur Barrio with a summary of the news from the NBC newsroom in Washington. The newsmen who are tagging along with President Truman on his current political junket may return to Washington a tired bunch of boys. Mr. Truman's maintaining a tough pace. Today, for example, up before dawn. Up at 3 a.m., as a matter of fact, to greet Chicago political leaders who stepped aboard the train to visit him. Says Chicago's Jake Garvey, the president didn't say much. He was pretty sleepy. But when the sun came up, so did the president, to lash out once again at the 80th Congress. The Congress he charged as controlled by lobbies, bent on a boom or bust. This afternoon, Mr. Truman will speak at Dexter, Iowa. But along the route from Washington, he's been making platform appearances. The 1948 DNC convened in July with President Truman's approval rating as low as 32 percent. Northern Democrats pushed for a strong civil rights platform, which the president was in favor of. Conservative Southern Dems were opposed. Moderates feared voter alienation. When the convention adopted the civil rights plank in a close vote, Southern Dems walked out and split off, nominating Strom Thurmond for president. They became known as Dixiecrats, hoping to force a contingency in the House of Representatives, extracting concessions from either Truman or Republican nominee Thomas Dewey. They're traveling the routes which any future enemies could use, and they're flying as they would in combat, armed and loaded with weight equivalent to... The post-war strikes didn't end. On October 26th, the Radio Writers Guild struck for fair wages and for RWG guideline adherence by ad agencies. Their focus was the coming new medium, television. Negotiations would continue into 1949. On Halloween 1948, the presidential election was on everyone's mind. The night before, Thomas Dewey ended his campaign at Madison Square Garden. He'd run against FDR in 1944, losing, but received 46 percent of the popular vote. After President Roosevelt passed away, there were many who felt Dewey made a better post-war choice than Harry Truman. In the 1946 New York gubernatorial election, Dewey won by nearly 700,000 votes, the most in New York history to that point. Governor Dewey is host today to about 100 radio and newspaper farm editors. He invited them to his Pauling, New York home to obtain their ideas on what the farmer needs to remain prosperous. Henry Wallace is scheduled to speak tonight in Boston, and members of the Socialist Party plan to picket the hall. Meantime, Boston police will be on hand to prevent any egg or tomato throwing, such as Wallace experienced recently on his campaign tour. And as the political campaigns shape up at home, turmoil continues over the assassination of United Nations mediator Count Bernadotte. Tuesday, November 2nd, was the 41st U.S. presidential election in history. Truman was a massive underdog, with South Carolina Governor Strom Thurmond opposing on the Dixiecrat ticket, and another FDR VP, Henry Wallace, as the Progressive Party nominee. Lee read it, and then announced that the 58-nation assembly will take up the problem Tuesday. But the Security Council will begin deliberations today. In Jerusalem, all of the city's 90,000 Jews have been placed under virtual house arrest. The curfew is being imposed by the Israeli army and is to remain in effect until further notice. Six military policemen are guarding the United States consulate, and two military policemen will accompany any U.N. car in the city. France has proposed that Jerusalem be made an international zone. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, the Arab-Israeli war raged on. Fighting started the previous November. It ramped up after Palestine was officially dissolved, and Israel declared independence on May 14th. Count Benadad of Visborg was assassinated in September by four members of Lehi, a Jewish Zionist group 
one of whom, Chitzak Shamir, would go on to be the seventh prime minister of Israel. Operation Hiram ended on Halloween with Israeli forces claiming to have complete control of Galilee. The fighting would continue into 1949. And in White Plains, New York, the public school system has added a new course to its education program. Men think it's a great idea. The Cold War was growing, with Americans investigating potential communist cells within the government, fearing the world could split into two distinct groups, those who supported democracy and those who supported totalitarianism. This is Arthur Barrio in Washington, and now, after a brief pause for station identification, we take you to New York, where you will hear a forum discussion as a prelude to United Nations Week. <laughs> 